This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And we invite you to tag along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, the pages of yourtechreport.com and our YouTube channel. All excitement on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash your tech report. Welcome to another edition. I am Marco Flalo, as always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield, who is currently in Los Angeles, where he lives. How are you, Mitchell? Yeah, you know, we, I try and tell people, you know, I've only left New York 26 years ago, so it's been a 26-year visit in Los Angeles. Good visit, though. And I expect to be visiting for quite a bit longer. Yeah, it's been a nice extended visit here. Until your family, like, finishes school and stuff like that, and you can Just- move back to New York or... Uh... Until they're less dependent, until the kids are less dependent on this, yeah. But now, you know, I'm probably going to stay on the West Coast, i got to tell you. And about Los Angeles, I'll probably stay out here. Welcome to another edition. So much stuff going on this week. We're going to have some very, very cool, uh, very, very cool things. We're going to talk to uh, Christine Tam over at Best Buy. She's going to wrap up our show this week talking about some very cool back-to-school gift ideas. We are, like, two weeks away from back-to-school. It's it's uh, pretty insane if you come to think of it. A Depressing very, is the word I'd use, Very, yes. two cool, very, two, two very cool companies. Yeah, we'll get English down patent by the next episode. Uh, Soundcast has a very, very cool and expensive, but a very heavy and very cool and very sonically fun speaker. Uh, we're going to talk to them uh, after our, our first break. And then uh, we're also going to talk to a very cool company who's put together a coffee machine like you've never experienced a coffee machine before. Not only is it a smart coffee machine, but it roasts and grinds and, oh, I can just imagine. I could smell it right now, Mitchell, the coffee being roasted and oh anyhow how are you i'm good but i was you know now that you've had your you know your your moment to imagining that that great roasted coffee uh don't it, i mean it's, it's not just me i can tell by your reaction some of the biggest you know excitement there is in the tech world is home tech you know, tech in the kitchen, tech in your home, because this is the stuff that not just the tech fans and gadget fans can relate to, but I think it's where the average consumer can really see the gains in their own home, doing things in their life that they would normally do with the assistance of now of technology and smart apps and smart products, smart you know, small appliances. This is where the average consumer can really sort of glom on to what's exciting in the tech world. I think it's a great thing, and I, that's stuff that I get excited about it too. So you go on, boy. You get crazy about that coffee maker. I'm with you. Listen, I'm, 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 you know, I'm into the whole smart home stuff. You know, oh, I know, yeah. Anyhow, lots of cool stuff going on this week. Uh, this week, Schlag, the company that I've been using their smart locks for quite some time, they have this very cool HomeKit lock. They've added support for Android and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So if you have that product, you can get a little add-on that gives you instant access and you don't need Apple's HomeKit platforms. This is one of those products that you can use out of the box outside of your home if you actually choose to do so. Yeah, and and you know what? I mean, uh, this that that's the one area that I think I'm still way behind because you you've introduced me to so many smart home products. When it comes to locks and things like that, I, I try some, but I haven't done the whole house in that way. I really have to catch up to you. I need to catch up. You're way ahead of me. You will catch up to me. I promise. You I know, will. part of the excitement of this time of year, and we touched upon this on last week's show, was that we're a couple of weeks away from some major announcements. We're going to hear some announcements from Samsung on their new Galaxy Note line. We're going to see Apple's new iPhone, which we're all all hearing rumors about. One company, you'd, you'd think it would be a small company that went on, on this limb, on this risk. Um, they offered a very, very cool ad to promote their new app. And this company is McDonald's. And what they did is they launched an app in Australia. It's a 
it's a pick up your order app. It's a restaurant locator app. And what they did in their actual screenshot of their app is they laid the screenshot onto what is expected to be the form factor of the new iPhone. So they got hold of some of the renders and the oh, leaks God. that were going out there. And they said, right. let's have some fun. And my God, is the internet going crazy about it? Because they're like, do they know something that we don't know? It's probably some graphic designer that either decided knowingly to do it or decided or just mistakenly took this random screenshot. But it was very funny how it happened. And you know that there's not going to be any legal ramifications because doing so only validates uh, validates the argument. And it's all hearsay, right? It's all just renders and stuff that were going on on the internet. And they're not saying, oh, this is an iPhone. They're just saying, hey, it's a screenshot of our app, which is kind of funny. How funny is it? And, and again, like you said, it's really, it's not saying anything other than giving an image, but it shows you, it also shows you the power that Apple has of the, not only the consumer mind share, but also other companies, other big corporate American companies and North American companies that are excited and can't wait to find out. And again, we, we know there's the events coming up in September. We're not that far away. We still, isn't it weird that we still haven't seen, you know, they're, they're really ridiculously ambiguous invites where this week oh, Apple that, turns what? it on its nose. No, but that's I mean, you know, gonna be, they always send that out like a week before the event and we normally see that event like after Labor Day. So we're going to see that in, in a couple weeks. Um, you have some gaming news to talk about. Let's, let's dive into that. You know what? I figured why not start it off now because coming up this next week, uh, depending if you're listening to us during a replay, it could be this week. Um, you know, everyone in North America gets so jazzed about E3. And now we're waiting, of course, Mark, for next June to come around so we can see more things at E3. But the people in Europe, specifically, more specifically Cologne, Germany, are yes. laughing at us in North America, Mark, because we think our E3 is the end-all and be-all of, of, you know, gaming shows, you know, trade shows for, you know, video games. But, oh, it's, it's so not true because games which is starting in Cologne on Tuesday of next week, I believe the 22nd of August, it is almost ready to go. And that show, Mark, I believe averages around 400,000 visitors per year, while I think E3 averages under 100,000, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. we're, we're talking about the largest video game trade show in the world that has always been open to the public, ergo all the people that show up for it because they can. And it's just one of those incredible shows that we don't really get tuned in here. But now that we have the internet and these live streams, we have companies like Microsoft making announcements. A couple of announcements came out earlier that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, number one, uh, the good news, if you're waiting to pre-order your Xbox One X, which is supposed to launch on November 7th, uh, allegedly this Sunday, which I believe is the 20th of August, is when Xbox is going to announce at their conference that it is now it has now gone live. You can you can actually order and pre-order oh, really? your Xbox One X. That's what I'm hearing. So uh, make sure you're around because we don't know how many of these units are going to be available, if they're going to underproduce them. We know with, with Nintendo, they're constantly underproduced. Xbox and Sony typically make more of them. But this Sunday, August 20th, we are, we, from what we're hearing, Xbox will Xbox One X will be available for pre-order. Now, Mark, all the, ro all the news ain't so rosy for Microsoft because uh -oh. unfortunately, yeah, they also announced a delay of one of the games that people are really looking forward to, and that is Crackdown 3. Now, normally this would not be a big deal. Games get delayed all the time, especially AAA titles. But this one, this one is supposed to be a system seller. Not, not only does it take advantage of the Xbox One X, and the 4K graphics and the beautiful... Not only does it take advantage of that, Mark, but this is a game that was announced in 2014. Keep this in mind. Was supposed to come out in 2016 and now has been pushed to 2018. This isn't the first Microsoft title, big AAA exclusive title that we've seen go away. Dragon Scale earlier this year was another one that was playing, not just delayed, playing, playing just canceled. And it's really painting a picture for Xbox fans. Look, we all know that Sony with the PlayStation 4 is whooping Microsoft's butt in terms of sales, right? Xbox is still doing really well, don't get me wrong, but Sony is way ahead. Well, how do you get people to come to your console when so many games now, Mark, are, are console agnostic, when they, they're multi-platform titles? You have exclusive titles that draw consumers to your console. Well, Microsoft, two of their bigger ones, Dragon Scale's now gone. Crackdown 3 has been pushed to 2018, sometime in spring, he says with air quotes. What is this telling the consumer, Mark, about the Xbox One X and enticing people to embrace the platform, buy their new console right at holiday season? Season, this is this is more than just a game pushing mark. This is kind of a bad this bad news for Microsoft that really needs more first party titles to entice consumers. Don't you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, what about what about some of the other you know non I say non first party titles, but some of the other other companies that are you know slated to try and release things. 
do you think they'll be able to make up some of the slack? I think so. I mean, they're, listen, there are still multi-platform titles like Destiny that everyone's excited about, the latest Assassin's Creed game that everyone's excited about. These are obviously, you know, on all, all platforms. And again, Xbox One X is going to take advantage of it with their 4K display. Even Forza 7, which is the main game now, the main first-party title that everyone's yeah. waiting to get their hands on, and that one's specifically designed to take advantage of the Xbox One X hardware and the architecture. So I don't think third-party is going to be is going to be affected at all. I know there are plenty of Xbox Xbox owners that are looking forward to getting these third-party titles, again, because there will be advantages to using it on the Xbox One. But still, if you're trying to get consumers to come to you, having better graphics, you know, that's one thing. But still, you need more than that. You need exclusive titles. And I think that's where, not that Sony has been lighting the world on fire with their exclusives, but right now, with all of these Microsoft cancellations and delays, it doesn't look so great. Uh, again, it's some more gaming news. Nintendo had a little bit of a blow to their Nintendo Switch recently, where people have been complaining about a slight... Remember their bend gate with the iPhone? Yes. Uh, what was it? The, the yeah. 6X Plus or, or the 6 Plus or the 7 Plus? The larger phone people... Bend, not number one, why are you bending your phone, people? And why are you sitting on your phone? But I digress. Uh, clearly, no one is hopefully purposely bending their Nintendo Switch or sitting on it, but people have been reporting some bending issues, obviously not from in handheld mode, possibly from when the system is actually docked. And I guess what people are saying, and again, Nintendo has not confirmed this, maybe Nintendo did not design enough uh, enough reinforcements within it. Well, just, you know, in terms of the heat, being able to disperse the heat that this system generates. Because remember, it's a it's a home console and it's a portable one, but it has the power of a home console in a small form factor. So what does that mean? They have to get creative with how the system handles the heat that's generated from the processors, GPU, CPU, everything that's inside of it. And that might be causing some warping, not in the structure itself, but in the exterior plastic. Because I think it has a, a metal plate built into it. They don't think that's bending. Just maybe the plastic is warping due to heat. So we're waiting for an Nintendo to respond to that. I've had no issues with my Nintendo, you know, Nintendo Switch. Uh, but they also have some good news on their side because there's a company that's putting out pretty much all exclusives right now for the Switch. You know, they have, of course, Zelda, uh, Mario Kart, now Splatoon 2. Everyone's looking for the new Mario game that's coming out in a couple of months. So Nintendo is killing it on that side. A little bad news, of course, with the hardware, which can always be, if there really is an issue, Nintendo's usually good about fixing that. But uh, great news for them on the software side. And that, Mark... For right now, <gasps> is my gaming news. So DJI, um, they've been under some Ooh, scrutiny drones. lately because the, the military has been using drones for quite some time. They've been using actually DJI Mavic Pros for recon and different things that we don't even realize that are happening. Uh, one of the things uh, that happened is that the, the U.S. government immediately put a stop to the use of them because they found out that there may be uh, a vulnerability where data is actually transmitted to the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. So in response to this, in response to a lot of user feedback, DJI has announced a new local data mode that allows you to fly your drone without an internet connection. This means there's no accidental upload of anything. Even though they don't collect anything, you can share videos, you can share photos, but now there's no potential with that. You can actually turn that feature off, which you know, makes you also wonder on the consumer side of things, if you're trying to fly your drone in a way maybe you're not supposed to, or you're going against regulations, is this something that you can perhaps use we obviously don't recommend that, but this is something that DJI is going to have to kind of deal with the scrutiny about. And are you surprised? I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard this before, both on the consumer and not just the military, but the consumer end as well. Because again, it, it's a giant fly, or not a giant, a small flying router, for lack of a better term. That means anything that can send and receive information, of course, can be hacked. Are you surprised this, this issue hasn't been brought up before? Because, you know, the way hackers are, and I, I'm surprised it hasn't come up before. But I think it's I'm probably sure come up with just not as publicly as this. And I think when, the, when somebody of the U.S. government kind of goes out and publicly says we're going to stop the use of these, number one, that's the first time they really announced that they're even using, you know, consumer drones um, with this, you know, open network framework, et cetera, et cetera. But it's kind of interesting to see not only the the, the, the public, you know, declaration of use, but also the, the sudden response saying, okay, well, we'll, we'll give you something that we can handle this with. And that's that uh, local data mode, which is kind of interesting. I've yet to test it, but I, I'm, I will test that out in, in a safe and legal place, 
if I can yeah, find one. I'm glad one. you had the disclaimer going. Yeah, the good disclaimer, Mark. Um, if you've been experiencing some problems with Skype, whether it be on your mobile device or on your Mac, for example, like Mitchell and I consistently run into, there's a new Skype <sighs> preview for Mac, which takes on a lot of new changes. It's completely redesigned from the ground up. Uh, it's definitely an experience that I would recommend if you're a Mac user. I've been using it for a couple days now, and it's definitely enhanced my experience on the stability side, which is, I think, most important when you're trying to use this for some kind of form of communications. No, absolutely. And we know there are lots of great features, the full screen mode and the communication, the chat has been updated and all that stuff. I, as I often do with all the betas for iOS and macOS, Mark, I've made no secret of this. Mark is my guinea pig. I let him use it for at least two or three weeks if I get the go ahead. So for him, for two days to give the thumbs up, I'm going to have to load this. But Mark, you brought up something that is a big deal. And I just sort of touched on it earlier, which is it's great to have all those new features. To me, the stability of how, you know, the stability of the software was the biggest deal. And you can't, here's a question that I have. The MacBook Pro, one of the most powerful laptops around with everything it can do, it can render 4K and the snap of your fingers. The fan only kicks on when you're really doing hardcore rendering. For the life of me, I can't figure out why whenever I'm using Skype, I hear that fan turn on like (laughs) I am figuring out the computations to solve the cure for any disease on the planet. This it, it always overtaxes my MacBook. Why does Skype do that? This is why I sent you the link yesterday to load the beta on and to load the preview on so that we can try it today. But did you listen to me or is your fan going right now? My fan's going right now. And I'm a little, I'm, but listen, I'm still nervous because I don't oh, want the thing to be crash. Nervous. Because as people know, you know, I do the show from Los Angeles, studio in Los Angeles. Mark is at a studio in Montreal. And we use Skype for our visual cues. When you do a radio show, you give hand signals, you look at each other so you don't talk over each other. A little insight into how radio shows work. And if you're next to each other, not a big deal. But if we're across the country and continents, then yeah, visuals are a big deal. I can't trust my Skype not working. So I can, I don't want to miss out on that beautiful face here, Mark. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you're welcome. Uh, earlier this week, later this week, depending when you uh, when you are paying attention to this show and listening to this show, uh, Marvel launched their latest Netflix exclusive, which is The Defenders. Yes. I cannot wait to actually binge watch this one. I think I'm going to save it for a while. But with The Defenders came a, a new teaser trailer for The Punisher, which is kind of cool, which gets me all excited. And all of this online... All of this online stuff got me excited, too, because Apple's Carpool Karaoke series started a couple weeks ago. Have you watched any of that yet? I, I've watched some of them. i watched a few of the teases. But you know what's interesting? With Carpool Karaoke, I thought it was all going to be James Corden behind nope, the wheel. It's no, no, it's not. Sometimes it's two musicians, one at the wheel, one you know, one you know, in the passenger seat. So they're mixing it up. It isn't it's the same form factor that we're used to as the YouTube bites that it has been done in the past. So, And, Mark, this, I guess, is the beginning of Apple dominating the world with their $1 billion investment. Yeah, $1 billion. Into, was that going to be your lead-in for yourself? No, 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 no that, was a, that was a great lead-in. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but you you bring up the $1 billion, and it was funny. Hours after Apple announced, we're going to be investing $1 billion in original programming. Netflix said, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're doing $7 billion this year. Yep. So yep. $7 billion to your $1 billion. <laughs> uh, Hey, baby steps. Yeah, yeah baby, baby steps. steps right? I don't think that loss of Disney content on Netflix is going to hurt them it, too much. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Aflalo. Thank you again for tuning in on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Very cool interviews coming up on this week's show. We've got Christine Tam. She's going to wrap it all up with our best buy back to school guide. Uh, very cool coffee machine, smart home connected coffee machine. You're going to want to pay attention and, and smell that one. You're going to smell that one. And a very cool a very cool speaker designed for your outdoor spaces, actually for your indoor spaces too. If you're an audiophile and you want a portable Bluetooth speaker, this is one that you're going to want to pay attention to. It is your tech and board. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We'll be back in just a couple seconds. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along with us, please, on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, Mitchell, our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash your tech report. And you know what? If there was ever a product that I was really excited to showcase to our listeners on YouTube, it's probably the next one we're going to talk about. Oh, I was jazzed, Mark, when you filled me in on this because obviously, you know, doing a radio show and both of us kind of growing up and coming up in radio, sound is a big deal to us and speakers 
uh, have always been a huge thing with us. When you told me about this product, I think people are going to change the way they feel about what a Bluetooth speaker is and what a Bluetooth speaker can be. Is that a fair way of sort of giving an intro? I, I think that's very, very safe. And rather than us kind of just uh, talking about it, we're going to talk to uh, Charity Hardwick, who is the VP of Sales and Marketing of a company called Soundcast. Charity, welcome to your tech report. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. We're, we're excited to have you on. And before we even dive into the product and the company, it's funny when we get these kind of briefs from different PR companies, they always give us details like charity. You know, you're one of only 5% of the people, uh, women in the world creating audio. And it's, it's obviously there's a storied background for you in particular. So we're excited to have you on the show this week. And we're excited to talk about Soundcast. I'm probably probably as excited as you are to be working there, I'm guessing. You know what? It's it's a dream job for me, really, when you think about it. I get to work with a company that's doing amazing things in technology today. I love audio. I'm a passionate musician. Everyone I work with is a passionate musician. So we're all on the same page, and it's just a little band of brothers kind of forging our way forward into uh, what's technology next. So it's great. Sure. You know, Charity, when I was doing the intro, I really, I really do believe that that the the VG7 is going to change the way people perceive what a Bluetooth speaker can be. Because in the past, we've seen portable Bluetooth, we've seen ruggedized and waterproof, but I don't think we've ever seen anything like this that's really been designed with the audio file in mind. So let's talk about the VG7 and how you guys did things so differently with this speaker. Well, the VG7 is actually a bit inherited from our legacy. We've been around for 10 years and been dealing with waterproof audio in the outdoor space. Um, and so really the VG7 represents an improvement upon an original idea, which is how do we get speakers to be portable and battery powered and have long life and, and sound really great? And how can we do that so that people can continue to live their lives or their audio to a modular or transient sort of uh, audio space or audio needs. And we took that with this generation of VG7. We've been hard at work on this for a couple of years now. It's launched into the market. It's doing well. We're excited about it. That VG7 has gone to the next level. We are looking at Bluetooth. You know, <clears throat> Bluetooth is really one of those technologies when someone's designing a gorgeous speaker, they're not, they're not sitting around figuring out how to make Bluetooth speakers gorgeous. Bluetooth <laughs> has been kind of an afterthought, right? Exactly, <laughs> so exactly. We, we really, yeah. What's your own personal experience with Bluetooth? What's the largest Bluetooth speaker you own? The largest? Oh, it's probably got to be one of those Fugus that Mitchell sent me last year. I have this kind of big one that kind of sits near the pool. Mitchell, you? Uh, maybe about like a six or seven pound speaker. That's my big daddy that I take to, if I'm going to be outside, I take it to the pool. Yeah, so I have some bigger ones. It's definitely on the bigger side. Well, what, what about this one? What are we talking about in terms of size and girth? I can't believe we're having this conversation, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> so uh, the VG7 is 19, measures 19 and a half inches tall. That includes the handle. And that's a very robust and ergonomically balanced carrying uh handle and then the the chassis is shaped in a sort of elegant square with chamfer corners so it, it still has a very nice techy look to it and that is about nine inches in diameter now it's interesting that you you talk about size and girth as men you know i'm not new to this i'm an ex-army girl myself i've been on the block before and these <laughs> these kind of conversations come up that you know, really, guys, look at this. And, and and men are major adopters. And they're sitting here looking at this going, this is the biggest, coolest, heaviest, <laughs> loudest speaker on the market. Of course I want it. Wait, Charity, Charity, I have, to, I have to stop you for a second yeah. because you're, you're, you're giving you're giving guys a new thing to think about because now <laughs> when we're at the pool, when we're at a party, we're going to wonder when the ladies in our lives are sitting by themselves, are they going to be having a conversation about how big our Bluetooth speakers are? Yes, actually, that's one of one of typically one of the top three things we discuss whenever you guys aren't around. <laughs> oh, you're fantastic! Now, obviously, charity with 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 size, you know, there's a reason for that size, and it's not just obviously um, just you know. Obviously, to, add, to have that, you know, design-wise. Tell, tell us about the technology in this speaker, because this is what truly sets this apart from everybody else. Yes, I love talking geek, too. So this is, this <laughs> is how it breaks down. <laughs> 
So we have this 19-inch cabinet, and in the ergonomic carrying candle, we have proprietary, uh, proprietarily dealt with even the idea of Bluetooth range. In other words, not only are we big, not only are we substantial, not only are we loud, but we go longer than anyone else. That's the bottom line. This speaker can go up to 150 feet, and you can, you can, walk, you can walk a great distance away from your speaker depending on the environment. Bluetooth normally has a range of 33 feet. Now think about your own personal Bluetooth devices for a moment. How far away did you get before you started getting interrupted signals? Perhaps you forgot the phone was in your pocket yeah. or you forgot the force was something else. All, all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. But yep. but w- one of the things that really kind of differentiates what you guys are doing at Soundcast is that, uh, you know, when you're going that range, you know, yes, you're keeping your connectivity, but the distance also doesn't degrade the sound quality because you guys have proprietary long throw technology that makes that sound travel. And, and as you said, we're talking about audio files here, people who care about the way things sound. And if this is, for example, out at my pool, I know that I can be whatever radius around my pool and still be hearing great sound. Yeah. And that's what's super about the, the long range connectivity. So from the source to the unit, you have a great deal of range. Of course, depending on your environment, it'll get more or less. I've, I've walked so far. I can't even. I can't even say it on the show because someone will call me and say, "You said you could get 400 feet or 600 feet." But depending on the environment, that that signal is very strong. We have very strong um, and very uh, robust equipment in there that deals with the issue of the connectivity. Because the point is, this is a Bluetooth speaker in the sense that if we're going to make a Bluetooth speaker and our soundcast, it's going to be the best. <laughs> so. Inside the inside that chassis, inside of the unit, there are some very special things as well. We have uh, an omnidirectional array. Omnidirectional array of speakers just means that you have a speaker that's facing and well balanced in every single direction, right, left, front, back. So that means there is no bad room in the house. So when the speaker is playing, those speakers are emitting sound in every direction while while we have our seven inch down firing subwoofer hitting the base floor. So that means we bring the base and there's no bad speed in the house. And this is really important. Think about the scenarios you use this in, in the pool or tailgating or out on the deck or maybe at a party or a barbecue or things like that. Since when do people just sit in one place to have an audio experience? No, you want that soundtrack of your party and the soundtrack of your life to be gorgeous no matter where you're sitting in the room. So that was very important to us. And we support that gorgeous music by using technologies AppDex and AAC, which are codecs that are supporting those high-res audio files that stream either from iPhone or from your music source so that you get that lossless and gorgeous audio. Let me ask you something, because we, we all know how the, how the audiophile community can work, and we know how pe- proprietary people can be about their sound and quality of sound. When you were talking to, and I'm sure I know you guys do your research when you're dealing with audiophiles, people that truly appreciate sound, did you have to get past the snobbery aspect <laughs> of people accepting a Bluetooth, and you talked about it, about a Bluetooth speaker and audiophile qu- quality sound, which don't normally go together. Did you have to get past that with some people when you're presenting the speaker? Because there's a, there's a stigma already built in in their minds, oh, Bluetooth audio can't be great. So did you have to work through that with some people? Well, you know, what's really interesting is bringing up this aspect of Bluetooth uh, audio can't be great. That you're right, that it's not really heard um, from a handful of people because the Bluetooth uh, itself actually supports resolution music that is pleasing, palatable, and almost imperceivably different to many people, to most people, let's say. I'm not going to say that about our, our CEO and president, Oscar Chernay, who was the CEO of Sheffield Records, among other things, and is what we term a golden ear. So his perspective in the development of this product has been very useful as well, um, because he goes into it and we listen to it, and we can say one thing. This thing sounds acoustically beautiful. Like I said, we're musicians, we play instruments. And all of us enjoy the instrument, which we call VG7. It sounds gorgeous. In fact, we had a, uh, a well-renowned uh, magazine give, give us a, a very great review where they did a lot of their own testing as well on this. And um, they came back to us and just said, this is the most gorgeous piece we've ever listened to in the portable category, which is really saying a lot because it's acknowledging a lot of hard work on our end. But here's the bottom line, guys. If you want absolutely high-res, lost his body, you want to stream to the source, you want to throw those studio files on there, 
our speaker plays it. We actually have a lot of ways to play music to the VG7, from Bluetooth all the way into a 3.5 millimeter in on the side or your USB in on the side. So that is a problem solver. Guys who are purists and really want to hear, you know, a studio file, which I'm not sure how many of us could run around with more than four of those on our phone without the, the phone crashing. But, <laughs> um, if they want to play that studio file, go for it. There, there are definitely inputs that allow you to do so as well. Let alone the fact that you've got a rechargeable internal battery with 15 hours of playback. So you're really not going to be worrying about this, whether you're taking it outside of the pool or you're taking it tailgating, as you said. And of course, as you said, the high-def AAC and APTX codex means that that high-resolution sound is there and it's compatible. I, I can't, honestly cannot wait to get my hands on this speaker because I'm very, obviously, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder or at this point, the ear of the beholder. Where, I guess people can pre-order now at uh, GoSoundCast.com. Are you shipping now? Uh, yeah, so VG7 has been shipping um, on the market right now, and if they're looking for a retailer in their area, we invite them to uh, go to gosoundcast.com, type in their, uh, find a retailer, and type in their zip code for a local AV, and then also highlight that the VG7 itself is on demo at all Magnolia Design Centers. That's 81 design centers in the U.S. as well. That is so cool. Charity Hardwick, VP of Sales and Marketing for Soundcast, thank you so much for joining us. Again, I can't, I, I'm going to talk to Danny. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to try and get my hands on this speaker. And uh, I definitely want to talk to you down the road because I'm, I'm sure you guys have a lot more in store for us. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Oh, of course, Charity. One last thing before you go. I think you've introduced a new thing to the male commu- you know, audio community, and then that is speaker envy. And, and thank you for introducing that as well. <laughs> There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo in beautiful Montreal. Mitchell Whitfield joining us, obviously, from beautiful Los Angeles. I think this is the only time of the year, Mitchell, that we can both say that our locales are beautiful. It's not like winter where I complain the entire season long. Well, I, I think you really nailed it there. It's really not a matter of us comparing which is beautiful. It's a matter of you complaining and being angry and resentful that I'm in Los Angeles you and paint, 80 degrees in Woodland Hills during the winter and you're stuck you in five feet of snow. this picture of me that is so angry. Uh, welcome back to Your Tech Report. <laughs> Follow along on Twitter. It's at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Mitchell, you know, the, there's um, there's a company we're about to talk to and the company is called Bonaverde. And uh, you know what? Let's, let's bring on our guest. Um, head of U.S. Operations, Liz Wald. Welcome to your tech report. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Liz, we, we love kind of leading into interviews with a little bit of mystery. And um, if there was ever a product that I'd, I'd try to figure out how I'm going to call my wireless carrier and say, I need to connect my coffee machine to my family plan. Can you do that? Um, I guess it's going to be the Berlin, isn't it? Well, better than that, you don't have to do anything. You plug it in. And you're connected to 3G, and we pay the bill. Okay, so so we we got to explain some things to our listeners here, because they're going, you just said coffee machine, 3G, what's going on? <laughs> First of all, tell us a bit about Bonaverde as a company, and then let's talk about the Berlin. Perfect. So Bonaverde was started about four years ago, or five years ago, um, by a guy named Hans Steer in Berlin. And at the time, uh, he, was, he, was, he was working as an attorney, and up late at night, drinking a lot of coffee, and looking at um, various tax issues. And somehow it occurred to him that the tax issues that he was looking at were the same as the tax issues around coffee. I'm not really sure how those two things intersected, but maybe being a lawyer for too many hours, that was it. And he said, you know, if we could bring green coffee beans in that are not taxed, and we could really get some nice value back to the farmers, how cool would that be if people could really roast a green coffee bean? So it got kind of born out of an idea of a more efficient value chain, and it has morphed into something that is not only a more efficient value chain, but a really cool product where you can have a super fresh cup of coffee and benefit the guy that did all the hard work in the coffee-producing country, namely the farmer. Okay, so our listeners are going, wait a second, this show's called Your Tech Report. Why are you guys talking about coffee? There's got to be some kind of angle here. Sure is. And the big <laughs> thing that's super cool is that our coffee machine is an IoT-connected device. And the reason that's cool is we can send you all kinds of information about the growers, but we can also track exactly what you do with your coffee machine. Do you like to make coffee in the morning? Do you like to make coffee in the evening? Are you running out of beans? 
Does your machine need a checkup? We have all that data coming back and forth to us so we can send out really a customized experience to what you really want in your coffee machine. Now, now, Liz, I want to make sure I got this right because I read this, and Mark and I, our mouths were sort of hanging open together. And it, let's let's say you you like you said you you get direct communication, direct contact with the people that grow these beans. You get the green beans. Your machine not only can roast, grind, and then brew that coffee fresh from those green beans, but each package actually has an NFC chip built in that tells the machine the specifics of how to roast that particular bean. Is that true? That is true. And the thing that's interesting is that every coffee bean is a little bit different. Kind of, you know, like wines are all different, even though they right. might come from the same grape. So what, what we can do is work with the farmer who created this coffee and grew this coffee and say, what's the right profile for this? If you were going to roast this bean perfectly, how would you do it? We create those profiles and we put it on a small um, RFID chip that goes right on the pouch that your little coffee beans come in. And so you tear open your pouch, you pour in your beans, you scan the little scanner on the front of the machine. It reads that chip and it says, oh, these beans, roast them for this long with this temperature, bringing in this much airflow, etc., to get exactly the perfect roast. And if you decide as, a, as an individual, you know what, I love this roast, but I wish it was just a little darker, you can also say, you know what, okay, we'll make it a little darker, and we can give you that little bit of flexibility to actually customize it the way you want it on top of the fact that each individual pouch carries its own profile. Okay, this, this is uh, you should see the look on Mark's face right now because while we're, you know, he records in Montreal, I'm in Los Angeles, I'm watching him uh, over, over Skype. He's in disbelief right now. And, and really, we had a little conversation before we went on the air with this interview, which was, could, you guys are really setting a new standard for food and beverage because basically, could you imagine a kitchen? And you guys have done this with, with, with the Berlin. Imagine being able to, to brew, cook your own food, knowing you know, where, where every food that you get or every beverage you get knows the perfect way that it is supposed to be prepared and does everything for you because that's really what you guys have done here. You've made this autonomous system that works beautifully. I, I'm going to start wishing that everything in my kitchen worked this well. Well, and, and the other thing that's great is it's, it's really quick. So you get up in the morning, you start your machine, you come out of the shower, you have freshly roasted coffee. This isn't something that takes hours and hours and hours. And for the people who are super knowledgeable about coffee, they might say, well, I like, you know, I want to roast my beans and then have them rest for 12 hours before I grind and brew them and, and degas, similar to the way you decant a wine. And the cool thing is that we've got a digital product, so with your phone, you'll be able to say, okay, I'm starting this process, but only roast it. And then, tomorrow, you know, maybe I do that at night, and then in the morning I can say continue and then grind and brew. So you really have quite a bit of control. Um, but if you want to just do it all in one process, you know, in about 15 minutes, you have a freshly roasted pot of coffee. You know, Liz, the idea of, of even roasting your own coffee beans at home, I honestly didn't realize that's actually even a thing that was something we could do, um, let alone in a, in a process that can be in under 20 minutes. Well, the thing is, you could go out and get some beans and stick them in your oven and roast them. But you probably aren't going to be too happy with the results. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Like I can imagine, I can imagine the cup of coffee right now. I'm salivating because I'm thinking about it. The cut, the cup of coffee, freshly roasted and and ground right there, and it's waiting for me when I get up in the morning. Is there a better life? The smell is great. And, and oh. the other thing that's interesting is, you know, if you've roasted coffee before, there's certain oils in the beans and certain smells that come out in in the roasting process. And so we've created. Um, a really high-tech, it's called a HEPA filter. These filters are used like in Teslas and on NASA. And this filter is um, in the side of the machine, and it captures the oils and it captures the scents that would be more on the negative side, leaving just this really nice roasting smell. And then, of course, when you grind the coffee and make the coffee, you have that very traditional rich coffee smell. Mm. So we've thought a lot about the technology in this so that it's a really – great sensory experience um, throughout the entire process. And, you know, you know, it's not just the technology that goes into it, but it's the, the aesthetic, the design itself. And I would encourage people also, you know, to go to bonaverde.com and check this out because you can see exactly what the Berlin looks like. Aesthetically, it's a beautiful looking machine. Everything is so well integrated. It's clean. I'm guessing a lot went into the design of the unit in addition to the technology. 
Yes, the, you know, it, it's morphed quite a bit um, over time in terms of what we thought it might look like initially. And right. I think that's because putting the roasting into a machine is something that hadn't really ever been done before at a, at a consumer level. And so to figure out how you can do that and, and what's the best way, in this case, you know, we've got the roaster at the top and then the grinder in the middle and the brewer at the bottom. You know, in the beginning, we might have thought, oh, we should put it on the side or the back. And so quite a bit of engineering came, um, went back and forth on this and enabled to capture some of those um, smells and oils and whatnot into the filter. We had to do a lot of different designs, and we were able to do a lot of our beta testing because our, our early backers all came through crowdfunding. So we were able to make alpha and beta products, send it to them, get feedback, change design, and all of that. Now we've ended up with this beautiful, sleek design that um, it's all very contained and I think looks great, you know, either the white one or the silver one, depending on, on your kitchen or your little office or wherever you're putting it. Yeah, it's really cool because, I mean, you talk about, you know, different, obviously there are different iterations and where, where does the roaster go versus the grinder, but really, you really went, you, you, you guys are obeying the laws of physics and gravity. Start roasting a top, drop it down to the grind, then drop it down to the pot. It really works. Yeah, gravity is an amazing thing. <laughs> Liz, and, talk- and generally free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't pay extra for the gravity. Liz, talk about availability now. Is it uh, actually shipping now or are people still pre-ordering? So people are pre-ordering now. We've got our first two containers literally on the water right now. Um, I, I log in and look at the little map every day. Um, and so we're taking pre-orders for delivery in fall. And uh, we have both the silver and the white. And you can, as you mentioned, Bonaverde.com, you can just log in and place an order and we'll get it out to you uh, in, a, in a couple of months. Awesome. Liz Wald, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to smell the coffee roasting and then grinding. Oh, my <laughs> God. This is an exciting product and a very, very cool company. I hope you'll join us again in a couple months, and, and we'll talk about the process afterwards. That would be my pleasure. Thanks so much, guys. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, and we're going to extend our roots right now, and we're going to go out to Vancouver and welcome our next guest, Christine Tam from Best Buy. Christine, it's the end of a week, but school is around the corner. How are you feeling? It's such an exciting time. I really feel like September and back to school is all about fresh starts and new beginnings. And so there's that buzz in the air for sure. Even though, you know, people are sad about summer being over or almost over, you know, the back to school energy is really fun as well. You know what, Christine, we love your positivity because i got to tell you, Mark and I have just been sitting here complaining. The doldrums have set in. Oh, my gosh, the kids are going back to school. Our kids are upset. We're sort of bummed out. So to hear, and you're right, you know, there is a certain excitement that uh, of going back to school that people forget about as well. Buying new gear, buying new tech, starting new friendships. So, I mean, it is kind of, we, we, you know what, we should have your point of view. This is a darn exciting time of year. Woohoo! Positivity always helps. <laughs> oh, it, def- it definitely helps. So, Christine, so uh, obviously on the Best Buy agenda, because there's way more than just what's going on in store, there's so much for back to school. Where do you even start? Yes. Yeah, so my advice for students and parents buying for students this year is to think about the theme of upgrading your experience and upgrading yourself. Uh, right. And I think this will just really set you up for success, set, set up students and for parents too. Maybe their kids are going off to university for the first time and uh, making sure that they're really set up with all the gear they need. Uh, will alleviate some of their anxiety, too, if they if they have it. So um, I have to mention, obviously, first, laptops. So uh, this is a great time to buy um, a new laptop if you have an old one or if you just want to upgrade um, your gear or, you know, if you're buying, you know, a, a new one. This is a great time just in terms of prices and sales. And uh, we have a lot of, of products that are awesome. So I'm really recommending um, convertible laptops this year. So HP has a great one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can flip it around. It works as a tablet. It's lightweight. Um, the Surface, the Microsoft Surface um, is also a great option for students. And uh, what I love about that is that, you know, you can put it in your backpack. You can get a backpack with a laptop sleep actually, um, you know, installed in it. So it just cuts down on what you're carrying around. And gone are the days of carrying around books, which is nice. So you yeah, want that's true. A, a lightweight, you know, uh, backpack to carry around. 
You, you know, Christine, I find myself sounding like one of my parents. Well, oh, if we had this when I was younger, but now I, Mark is laughing at me. I've officially turned into that guy because I'm looking and I'm looking at that HP laptop, I'm looking at the Microsoft Surface and their ability to become, you know, both tablets and, you know, touch screens and full, full-blown desktops and... I really look back and say, wow, what could I have accomplished in terms of at least saving my back and the pain that I feel in my back from schlepping around those books, having something like this in your arsenal? People take it for granted now, but we didn't have the luxury of having these sort of things years ago. And this, these really are great things to have in your arsenal as a student. I mean, they really do help. Totally. And I feel like this generation is going to have way less back problems in the future. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> totally. It's... Um, and the other thing is, you know, on that same vein, um, you know, having, if you're in a dorm room or, you know, a shared home or your student home, uh, you can have the laptop, hook it up to um, a monitor, and that can double as, you know, you can watch Netflix. Um, if you're writing a paper, you know, you can get a, um, uh, a wireless keyboard and a mouse. And so if you're spending lots of time at your desk, uh, that can just make it a bit more comfortable. And then, you know, throw your laptop on your backpack, obviously, or even bring a tablet if you're in a class who, that, you know, you don't really need to do a lot of typing. Um, that is a great option as well. I'm looking at the rest of the list here, too, and there are so many things here that, that we have to talk about. I mean, there's stuff for, you know, you know, being prepared if you want to make some coffee in your room or having a little toaster oven. I mean, there's so many things Best Buy sells. It's not just about, you know, pure consumer electronics, but there's also home tech in, in, in terms of being able to prepare foods, make coffee, make smoothies. All that stuff is sold as Best Buy, at Best Buy as well, correct? For sure. So we have a lot of hacks for a dorm room, um, say, or your shared apartment or living situation, um, just to make that experience seamless. I know that if you're sharing a space and you have a roommate, you know, things like having a fridge in your dorm room can help a lot. No one's going to eat your food, you know, or drink your soda. Um, so having uh, that in your dorm room is great. We're recommending the Coolatron Coca-Cola mini can fridge. Um, it's really, really fun. It's shaped as a Coca-Cola can and um, it's just, it's hilarious. It's $124 and, um, you know, it holds up to eight 12-ounce beverages, and it just looks really cool, too. You know, this the segment of the market that we're kind of forgetting, you know, with all these kids going to school, going to dorms, there are these families and these parents that have these rooms they want to now take advantage of. Uh, maybe not so quickly, but maybe they want to equip that as a new home theater room or a media center. I mean, these are people that are going to be like, okay, kids are gone. What are we going to do with this space? And I'm sure there's tons of ideas there as well. And the kids come back from for Thanksgiving, and they're like, what did you do? What room? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. You're gone now. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a good time for parents, too. Um, and then for other dorm room things, like have a toaster in there. You know, you can have, we have a Hamilton Beach dual breakfast sandwich maker. Um, you can, you know, so just having your food in there, you can have a smoothie maker, that sort of thing, um, will make a big difference. And then having things, of course, like a, a speaker or having noise-canceling headphones yeah. is a big one. If your roommate snores or if they're having a party you know, and you need to study, you can just put those on and you can't hear anything. Well, Christine, you know, there, there's a whole thing now. And again, this takes me back to when I was going to school. And all <laughs> I can say is, thank God, gaming consoles did not exist when I was back in college because I don't know what would have happened to me. I mean, I, I missed enough classes as it was. But now, of course, Best Buy is your home for buying everything, you know, games. You can get, you can get a PlayStation to take to school, can't you? Yes. And, you know, I go back and forth about <laughs> whether this should be on the list, but it should because... <laughs> Students need time to tune out, relax, um, play games, you know, or like watch a movie. You know, it's not always about studying. It's about hanging out with your friends, meeting new friends and having downtime as well. So having things like speakers, you know, games, um, something like a, like a games tower, you know, just stuff that you can have around to tune out, um, like a guitar, you know, if you're musical. Um, so it's not always about studying all the time. That can alleviate stress for students. See, I was going to say, it's all about how you position it, right? It's all about the spin. And what I would do, if I were a kid, I'm going to tell you my pitch, and you tell me if this would work on you, Christine. Basically, Mom, Dad, I need to take a, a PlayStation 4, you know, the one terabyte model at Best Buy. I need to take that with me <laughs> to school, not because of the games, but because it's how I consume my digital media, how I can watch my YouTube and Netflix and Amazon Prime for a one on one It's not for gaming, Mom and Dad. It's really for consuming my digital media. Now, that to me, if you're a kid and you want to take that school that is the play uh what else we got um, christine yeah one other thing i want to mention for sure um just things to have in the classroom so the iris scan portable scanner amazing uh, makes it really really easy to just scan things um and it's portable and small throw it in your backpack 
you know, have a portable charger in your backpack as well. Um, my phone's always running out of batteries and I'm not a student. So, um, you know, that's just a really good thing to have in there as well. There's also actually on the scanning topic, uh, um, apps. Have you guys heard of these apps um, that can scan right from your phone? Yes, yes. I mean, there's some apps like Dropbox that have built it in. Uh, Microsoft has done a great job with some of their apps as well, building that stuff in. And there's some standalone ones as well that help. This is great for note-taking. Like, if you take notes by hand and you want to scan them in afterwards, that's phenomenal. Totally. Way better than going to, you know, the scanner in the library or, I don't know, what people do now. (laughs) No, not not only that, but, I mean, people with all these computers and tablets and stuff in the classroom, they can also be recording, you know, recording whole lectures and stuff audio-wise and transcribing stuff later so they don't miss things. So, I mean, the students of these days, at this age, I mean, they have such an advantage over us. They really do. And one thing I cannot stress enough, get an external hard drive and back up your stuff. There's nothing worse than, you know, something goes wrong with your computer right before a big test and you can't access your notes or you know, essays and and photos. There's nothing worse than losing your phone and losing all your photos. So back that stuff up. Um, And then, of course, if you do run into problems with your tech, um, you can always call Geek Squad. So, um, you know, parents can get their their kids' Geek Squad memberships, and uh, then they can rest easy knowing that there's always someone there to help if anything um, with their IT or their TV or anything really at all goes wrong. They have that support, and they have someone to call. Christine, it's always so much fun to have you. Um, you know, obviously, still some other things on on people's lists. I mean, there's still smartwatches, wireless access points. You know, Google Home is now in Canada now. Do you seeing a big uptake on any of these items? Well, the Google Home is incredible. The um, you know just that voice activation technology is really, really becoming popular because, and it's kind of fun. You know, you can wake up in the morning and say, okay, Google, well, you know, what's the weather like today? What's my first class? And uh, and that's super fun and, and just you know, something that's really going to help make your life easier, managing your schedule. And I mean, all the other things that Google Home can do, I could go on and on and on. Um, But yeah, that smart home technology is really um, picking up, not just obviously for, for families, but students as well. Now, Christine, I mean, this is really one of those things where we could say, you know, you, you heard it's a bit of a cliche. Oh, we could go on forever about talking about what you guys have, but it, it really is true. You guys have so many things, because going back to school now, as we were talking about, it doesn't, doesn't just encompass books and paper and a computer. It's lifestyle. It's social. It's digital media. All these things wrapped into one in Best Buy, and we encourage our friends to go to bestbuy.ca, look at everything that you guys have back to school, and you were kind enough to send us some gear to not only review and talk about on the air, but possibly give away to our listeners. So uh, we want to make sure, number one, that people know that we, we do have these things coming in. You can always go to youtube.com slash your tech report. Listen to us on the radio show. We're going to be talking about all of Best Buy's great back-to-school items, maybe giving some away. And Christine, you know, we're not that far away from holiday time when you were going to help us with our holiday gift guide. So we assume you're going to be coming back to do that with us, correct? Yes, absolutely. My favorite time of year, gift giving. Gift giving. Uh, us too. Gift giving and gift <laughs> getting let's not forget the getting part so you have to promise you're gonna come back we're gonna talk about all that great stuff in just a couple of months and we thank you for coming back and we thank you for your positive attitude and changing our attitude about back to school thank you guys always a pleasure you've been tuned in to your tech report join us again next week for another edition and be sure to follow your tech report online email us contact at yourtechreport.com. follow us on twitter at your tech report like us on facebook.com slash your tech report for the latest in breaking tech news and reviews yourtechreport.com. what happens when we play outside We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.